Good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast. Welcome to the review of episode number six of Winning Time. The title of this episode is Memento More? More? You know, this is this is why I teach history and not English. Uh, we have a substitute co-host here this evening. Mr. Casey Hall uh, decided to take a personal day, and we allow that here at A Pen and a Napkin. It's part of our benefits package. Is is uh, a few of our employees uh, get a get a personal day every now and then, and so I decided to to not even branch off from the Millard West uh, coaching staff. In fact, I went one step higher than Mr. Casey Hall. I went straight to his head coach and I said. Mark Kruger, you have carried Casey Hall the last two or three years. Carry him here again tonight after he's taken off on us here. So, Mr. Kruger, how are you on this fine Sunday evening? I am. I'm great. We're just uh, wrapping up our spring break here. So the in- inevitability of, of Monday morning rolling around and headed back <laughs> to the routine is kind of setting in. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get going, Krugs, uh, just wanted to say thanks again. Uh, for speaking at the coaches clinic yesterday uh, I thought it was a really good day uh, you know I, I thought everybody had a really good time I thought everybody uh, I thought the day flowed pretty well but I'm a little biased and I hope that's what happened uh, just real quick kind of your your 30 second review of the second annual appendant and napkin coaches clinic yeah it was it was really good um, you know Aaron Aaron Losing, you could give him three hours, and I would sit there and, and listen. Um, you know, he's he was awesome. Um, your your idea of the of the uh, kind of breakout tables and letting coaches just kind of get together and, and talk basketball and bounce ideas off each other. We had people at my table were you know we were reaching and grabbing each other's notepads and bark writing you know drawing stuff and 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 sharing ideas and it was it was really good time yeah so good good day talking ball good good happy to hear it happy to hear it and you got through prom last night with the twins and yeah my kids my kids survived survived prom and i realized um and i was the reason i was there is both i have twins that are seniors and they both happen to be on the on the prom court and up for the whole coronation thing so my wife and i got to go and crash and i realized it had been 30 years since I'd been to a, been to a prom and even all the years in teaching and stuff, I've always avoided having to supervise and those kinds of things. Um, so 30, 30 year absence from a prom, but I made a, made an appearance once again. And the biggest reason why your kids were on the prom court is because they have your wife's personality and your wife's good looks. And we all know that something and that's you probably hit the nail on the head <laughs> well uh that sounds like a, it sounds like a, a good weekend uh we had a good weekend as well uh we are going to jump in here uh with winning time episode six here i appreciate coach Kruger coming in and and pinch hitting uh did a better job of pinch hitting than the cubs did here today uh <laughs> two and 160 it's going to be a good season here uh right. but uh, so, so coach Kruger knows the categories. Uh, he's watched, uh, I, I, you've watched every episode so far, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's up to speed. Uh, he's ready to go with us here. Uh, we'll just kind of start where, where Casey and I usually start. Um, just kind of your overall thoughts 
on the episode, anything that you found uh, interesting or anything that you interpreted uh, from from the sh- uh, from this uh, from this episode? Sure. Well, hey, can I can I start off with a little with a nugget for you? I you feel free, my friend. So I wanted to, you know, like they like they say in Bull Durham, I wanted to announce my presence with authority, right? <laughs> so thank so you, I, Nuke Lelouch. Yeah. So I did a little I did a little research um, because you know she she had I think she was only in one one little scene today, one little line, but um, from the from the show, our girl Claire. I don't know exactly what her what her title is. Just doing anything that Doctor Bus tells her to oh, do. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Claire Rothman, I think, is her last name. Yeah. yeah. So she's in, in charge of doing whatever Doctor Bus wants done. Yep. Um, so, did you do you recognize her? Do you know another role she played? She looks familiar. I haven't looked her up as part okay, of. Okay. See, I did. Okay. Because she looked familiar to me too. Okay. She is the little girl who choked on a hot dog in Field of Dreams. No way. That's who that is. Really? Yes. Gabby Hoffman. And yes. when you look at her, you'll see it. Yes. Now I see it. Yep. Now so I see it. That there's I wanted to, I wanted to share that that little piece of piece of information and, and nugget there for you. So that that is that is that is a four seamer at ninety eight miles per hour, right on the chin, Mr. Kruger. That was that All right. was well. So done. anyway, overall overall thoughts. Um, I thought it was by far and away like kind of the the deepest episode, most serious. Uh huh. Um, on on lots of different levels, obviously with the health of, of Coach McKinney, mm-hmm. um, but you also had kind of the the dark side of fame a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the the people hanging around and um, the everybody hang- kind of wants on, a, yeah. a piece of magic and and then you have throwing the whole business dealings and and so just a, a lot of and then uh, Doctor Bus's financial situations, mm-hmm. um, just kind of a lot of serious stuff this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna, you know, last week was kind of the Kareem episode. And yes. uh, this week was uh, the the you know an- another Irvin episode, another magic episode to a degree, uh, but we're, we're going to get to magic here in a little bit. Um, I, I I agree with you. You know the McKinney stuff is heartbreaking, um, and, you know, and that's I mean that's what happened. Um, yes. you, you know, he got into the accident thirteen games into the year, and and here comes Paul Westfall and. Uh, or Westhead, excuse me, not Paul Westfall. Yeah. He was a point guard. He coached the Suns, not the Lakers. Um, but uh, I, I thought uh, it was it was a, a, a deep episode. Uh, there was a lot of it. It was kind of the Downton Abbey episode. There's a lot of whispering in the corner about what is going on here and there, and. This person whispers something to somebody, so they've got to run over here and take care of this business, you know. Yep. And um, you know, I, I thought that it was—I'll uh, be honest, Kruger—it was my least favorite of the six so far. 
uh, far and away my least favorite of the six. I'm gonna I'm I'll throw that preview out there uh, right now. Uh, there were little nuggets that I liked along the way. Uh, the the shoe wars part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adidas Converse, which you know you kind of expect that. But then you've got the Pumas uh, bidding for Magic Johnson. You've got Fila bidding for Mac. I mean, and you and I both grew up in the cornfields of Iowa. Uh, there's no way we were wearing Pumas or Filas. And I'm guessing if if you were even only half as dorky as I was, you still weren't wearing Pumas or Filas. Uh, but I, you know, I, I did think it was interesting with the uh, Phil Knight Nike underdog story. And uh, they said on the episode, uh, Magic lost about $5 billion because he didn't sign on that deal with Nike. Uh, So now, if Nike signs Irvin Johnson, do they sign Michael Jordan? Does Michael Jordan become Air Jordan because of that? Or has that that, uh, fire hydrant been marked, so to speak? Right. Um, So that's a little bit of revisionist history, but uh, I thought... You know, it was kind of interesting bringing up the old school Pumas and Filas uh, there in that time. Uh, I also thought it was kind of interesting uh, early in the episode uh, when uh, Westhead doesn't know that McKinney's in the bike accident and he goes in and Riley's in the office like, oh, I'm just borrowing the Betamax machine. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was a pretty good line as well. Uh, But those are some of the things that I picked up on just kind of the overall like you said it was pretty dark like i said i would kind of more the the downton abbey episode of the of the series so far yeah yeah okay um some uh, uh let's 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 just go right into the because uh, because I've, I've like i said I've, I've got some stuff ready to go here and i'm interested yep. to hear your thoughts on it um let's just go to the best scene uh the best scene the best lines of the show this week, I'll let you start, Mark. Okay, I got I got kind of a tie for best scene. I got two things here. Um, one is kind of kind of at the beginning um, when Doctor Bus is at the table with uh, the Great Western Bank guys mm-hmm. um, and just kind of lays it out there for them that uh, you know, hey, well, you know, we're going to need a, an extension on this loan, and um, you know, if if you don't. If you don't like the way that sounds when you want to come after me, well, we're just going to declare bankruptcy. And, oh, by the way, the team's not in my in my name. And it's just kind of a, you know, okay, like that's how we're doing. That's how we're doing business, you know. And then, of course, he finds out that it really was still in his name and he kind of panics there. But mm-hmm. um, just that whole just that whole kind of scene of, you know, the hardball business mm-hmm. um, kind of behind. I kind of I kind of enjoyed I kind of enjoyed that. Um, then here's the second, here's here's a little research thrown right back at you. You know okay. what you know what Jerry Buss did in his free time, other than the Lakers, and we will call it his uh, social life. You, you know what his other passion was? Playing uh, well, poker. Besides real estate, playing poker. Playing poker. Okay. Yeah, that seems to make sense. And you could see him. You know, this is you know how many different times in the series so far where he's kind of played poker he played poker with uh jack kent cook so to speak he played poker with red Auerbach, so to speak uh you know and uh so he was a he was a guy that was used to reading people people at the table and making quick decisions and so i thought that was interesting so uh sorry about that keep going there on that no so then the second one 
um, was uh, Westhead's press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I that was my, kind of my my other tie for the the best scene, and, and probably that one was my was my favorite. Um, and at the end, when you know he started off, and um, you know Jerry West had kind of tried to coach him up a little bit on on what to say, and he said those things, and it looked like maybe he was going to survive the press, and then it went south in a hurry, um, uh-huh. and he started quoting Shakespeare or or some person I've other person I've never read. Um, <laughs> And then when they go to kind of rescue him and, and Jerry West just gives them the, you know, WTF was that. <laughs> um, I, I laughed out loud at, at that. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, that was my best scenes. Yeah. I was going to ask you the, the next time you talk to the world Herald, are you going to speak uh, in Shakespearean quotes with Mike Patterson? N- no, you know, I, I might be able to know Shakespeare or something. I, you know, I might be able to quote, someone from history or something like that but definitely no no shakespeare okay you could pull out some uh uh stonewall jackson or some william tecumseh sherman or or something like that uh and, and i'd probably do the same so uh i thought i i agree with you i actually uh enjoyed i actually enjoyed the the shoe stuff i i thought that was kind of interesting to me uh kind of magic going in and uh, you know, hey, let's put my, you know, Phil Knight was obviously a, a vis- it has been a visionary guy, and mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're gonna put your we're gonna put your name on every shoe, and uh, you know, and then Magic goes back to the Converse folks and says, hey, you know, let's put my name the the, the mat, you know, the mat, whatever he said there. Uh, yeah. But I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Uh, I I thought that was uh, I liked the pace of those scenes. Um, and, uh, I, I, I just like that part of it. Uh, and then I, how they had to negotiate and make sure they got more money than Larry Bird. Yes. Yeah. So it's the same thing that Bill Russell did to Wilt Chamberlain, uh, back like in 1966, Chamberlain signs for a hundred thousand dollars a year and, and Bill Russell signs for 100,000 and one dollar a year just to make one more dollar than Wilt. Uh, so, you know, th- that one upsmanship. Uh, there was a there was a funny there's a funny quote uh, at that scene you were talking about with the table with with uh, uh, or one of the one of the bank guys um, at the Great Western Forum is like ah oh, Nike they won't they'll be lucky to survive the next quarter or whatever yes. it's like <laughs> yeah yeah you turned out to be wrong there um, yep. and then I thought it was interesting the talk that that short scene right before that where Richard Pryor was talking with with Magic Johnson and talking to him about fame and um you know and I can't say exactly what what Richard Pryor said but I'm paraphrasing here where he says Irvin uh that man's gone that's the first cost of doing business with the white man um yep. and you know the the naivety of Irvin Johnson slowly starting to fade away as he becomes magic johnson um and just these little these little steps along the way that lead to that yeah so um any other good quotes oh i got a couple other good quotes any, anything else that you really liked um let's see here what did i um well i first of all you mentioned the richard Pryor thing i don't know who that who that guy was but he did a very good richard Pryor. It was. Uh, um, he kind of had the little mannerisms down and, and things. 
It was um, uh, I, I got it. It's a it's a Epps. Um, it is it is uh, Mike Epps. Uh, oh, okay. He's he's the wrong Doug in the Hangover. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So. Um, that, yeah, that's who that is. So okay. Well, uh, as far as as far as quotes go, again, it it wasn't it wasn't Shakespeare. It was a, a Paul Westhead original. Um, but uh, he tries to kind of you know, all nervous about having to coach that game, and he was he was when he was talking with Pat Riley, and he said maybe it's better to be an honorable or a no maybe it's better to be a noble prince than, than a helpless that. king. Yep. Yep. Um, and I I wrote that down. Um, because I thought it, it might come up here when we were when we were talking, and uh, you know, and that I forget that actor's name too, but uh, you know, he 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 knew it in his heart. He wasn't ready, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, and and sometimes that's what makes people really good is kind of understanding their their limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, you know, could kind of maybe see what was what was coming, and he wasn't he wasn't ready for it. Yep. Um, yeah, I was going to bring that quote up a little bit later, uh, but I agree with you. Just knowing who you are, what your role is, um, you know, like when we're, and, and you know, we'll kind of jump ahead, uh, we'll, we'll touch on uh, the, uh, coaching concepts, uh, coaching points that we, we'd steal from this episode. Um, you know, as a head coach, that you can't have all four or five of your assistants wanting to be head coaches somewhere. Uh, it's okay to have one, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe two, I don't know. Uh, but you have to have some people on your staff that are just okay with being an assistant coach for Millard West or Fort Calhoun. Uh, because if you have everybody jockeying to be a head coach, then they're more worried about being a head coach than they are helping your your program and there are and not everybody is meant to be a head coach uh and there's certain Correct. there's 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 certain head coaches that are not meant to be an assistant coach they they're just they would be awful assistant coaches but they're really good head coaches um and and so for for Westhead to kind of realize like you said, you know, this is probably my limitations right now. I'm not really ready for this. I'm I'm being thrown into the fire here, and I'm going to embarrass myself. And it actually turns out to be the farthest, you know, farthest thing from the truth. He ends up being a a pretty doggone good basketball coach. So yeah. Um. All right. Let's. Oh, couple a couple other quotes I liked. Uh, the, the flowers. Uh, when when they brought the flowers in. Uh, yep. and, and magic finds out about it in the locker room right after that, you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, yep. uh, they brought, she brought 10 flower, uh, 10 funerals worth of flowers in <laughs> and, and, and somebody else said, and I forget who it was, if Rip Van Winkle ever wakes up, he's going to think he was buried in a garden or something. So I, I, I <laughs> thought right. those were a couple of pretty good lines right yep. there. And then how about, uh, kind of speaking of that, um, you know, last week with the whole Kareem thing and, and magic you know, kind of calling Kareem out on some things, um, you know, about being supposed to be the cap, the captain, um, but was, you know, wasn't all in um, and, you know, wasn't running with the team and just didn't seem to have buy-in. And then, and then I thought Kareem kind of gets a shot back at magic there in the locker room 
when they were giving him a hard time about all those flowers Uh and then he's like but you couldn't show up yourself or you know something about you know but you were too busy to make it yeah um so and you could see on his face, you know, the actor playing Magic was, he kind of, that hit home. You know, he kind of, he probably knew he should have been there. But mm-hmm. I think they, you know, whether it's reality or what really happened, who knows. But, uh, you know, he was up getting his, his shoe deal mm-hmm. um, while his, you know, his, the rest of his team was, was in looking after their coach at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So. so that brings me to to my next point. And... Uh, here is a question. Now, this has been six episodes that we've been we've been through this this uh, uh, this 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 series, and you and I are both the same age. We're both forty eight years old. We both graduated from high school in nineteen ninety two. Uh, our entire primary school life was Magic versus Larry, and then you know Jordan and Isaiah and a few others. But but our childhood was dominated when it came to professional basketball. Magic versus Larry, right? Yep. So as we're watching those games play out on TV and so forth and so on, we, you know, when we're, when you're kids, you just look at them and you go, well, those are just great athletes and blah, blah, blah. But after watching this, here is the question. And even if, even if half of this is true that, that, that they've portrayed, here's the question that needs to be asked, I think, especially after this episode. Is Irvin Johnson a good person? Just a good person. Is he a good person? Because in this episode, just just in this episode, he did the following. He has this girl, and I believe her name was Cindy. Yep. She tells him that she loves him, and he tells her, "Well, while you were in the other, while you were in the living room, I was in the bedroom talking to Cookie back in Lansing. That's the type of guy that you're." hanging out with, and you say that you love. Are you really sure you love that person? And then they proceed to, uh, we'll just call it, go to the training table, so to speak. Okay? (laughs) Yes. Then he doesn't go to the hospital with the rest of the team. Even Kareem makes it to the hospital, the guy that's supposed to be on the outs from everybody, and he doesn't show up to check on McKinney. Then... He has his, and I'm going to use air quotes here, this this agent, this Dr. Day, who is now is, is helping him with this shoe deal out of nowhere. He is also the father of the woman that he is quote-unquote seeing at this point. He tells him, hey, would you tell your daughter, who I'm dating, that I want to break up with her? And the dad goes, yeah, sure. No big deal. I got it. I'll let her down easily. No big deal. As I got long you. As, as long as I can still be attached with you and, and hop on your coattails, I'll do whatever you need. Exactly. Then before this, I kind of went back and, and checked my notes from the previous episodes. Here's the things that Magic has done before this. He shows up at the right after the fish fry, him and, and I believe it was Cindy once again, that they were... Uh, meeting, and I'll use air quotes there, in his car, then he comes around the corner to do the fish fry thing. Yep. He gets he gets mad at Cookie for dating another guy, and then he goes out on the playground and totally embarrasses this dude, and he treats him like an ass, and 
just humiliates this guy because he dares dating a woman. He dares to date a woman that he broke up with because he wants to go to Los Angeles, and he gets he constantly harasses Cookie, but he keeps doing his thing in L.A. Is Irvin Johnson a good person? Yeah, I mean that's that's a tough call. I mean, you know, I, he, he obviously did did some bad things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with with almost everybody, you know, there's there's two sides to to things. And, Absolutely. And you know, and I'm sure you could go and find, you know, we talked about doing research. I'm sure we could do this and how much money Magic donated to to good causes and uh-huh. and things. You know. Mm-hmm. You know things, things like that. I'm, I'm sure he did. He did those, those kinds of things. And um, yeah, I mean, when you're, you know, what was he? Was he? Was he even? You know, kind of at the point we're at. Was he? Was he 21 years old? Uh, um, he's about 20. Yeah, about 20. Yeah, so he's about 20 years old. Um, you know, trying to find your way. And um, but yeah, that's. Um, he definitely, definitely, you know, did some things. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he he looks back on and isn't isn't proud of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a tough call. Well, I you know I I just as the as the evidence has stacked up, they uh you you can generate you can definitely say that they have not painted him in the best light. Once you start kind of mounting some of these some of these things up, and again, he's he's a world famous athlete at twenty years old. He's fifteen hundred miles away from home. I know every decision that I made when I was 19 or 20 years old was absolutely perfect, and I nailed every single one of them. <laughs> uh, you know, so who am I to throw rocks in a glass house? Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, just kind of as I was watching this, I was just like, man, that was kind of a jerk move. Uh, yeah. That was kind of a jerk move. Uh, that was kind of a jerk move, you know, so... Um, and it is difficult, and and dealing with fame, and you and I have never known what what that is like to deal with that crushing fame and having those people as hanger ons, and 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 not only the you know the business side of things, but the personal side of things. Again, this this Doctor Day comes out of nowhere, and I assume uh, he was a professor at Michigan State because he came up to Cookie at the end of the episode there, and. Uh, Irvin knew him when he got there and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, he, he wasn't a complete stranger or anything like that, but you know, right. just, just, uh, just kind of coming out of nowhere with all of that. So, um, I, I wish, I wish they would have taken some of that and cut it down some, uh, and, and given us more team stuff. I think that was a big chunk of the episode that they could have taken out of it uh, to to put some of more of the focus back onto the team and Westhead's journey of, you know, I, I, I liked him kind of coming into the locker room and he gives them the big rah-rah and then he throws Shakespeare at him and they're like, what are you talking about? And, and that, that process of him getting more comfortable would have been interesting to see, I think, instead of the magic stuff. Um, yeah. That's me. So, um even though Casey is on vacation, I'm going to give him uh, uh, the Casey Hall uh, weekly mention of I'm ready to move on from Dr. Buss's mom uh, quote. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I think I'm ready. I, I love Sally Field and the Cannonball Run and Forrest Gump, but I'm, I, I'm starting to agree with Mr. Hall. It's, t- it's yeah. time to move on. Um, well, we mentioned earlier, I've, I've, uh, I've watched all the episodes. I have, 
I have not listened to all of, of you and Casey's podcast, but I have listened to a few of them um, with this. And, and uh, yeah, I know he, that's kind of his, his weekly thing. And I, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be, you know, come and be, be Casey on here, but I, I have to agree. That's my, that's my worst scene. Um, when, when she was in bed and Dr. Buss is kind of on the balcony mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, exalting how great she is and, and things. And, um, yeah, so that was a bit over dramatic. I think again, we get the point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So we've covered though, we've covered the, that stuff, uh, thoroughly enough here. Uh, this, this one should be a pretty short discussion this week. The basketball realism. Um, <laughs> they didn't miss a thing. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm going to generously give it a D minus in the sense of we did have the one locker room scene with the first game after McKinney's bike accident. Um, but you know, the, the, the folks that are really wanting to watch this are basketball people and, and they want to watch basketball driven content in my opinion. And I thought last week's episode and everything that they did with the, the, the previous two weeks where they finally got to training camp and talked about the building of the team and Kareem being brought into the fold and, and that type of stuff. That that's what I was expecting, and then they just went completely in the different direction this week, and so I got a D minus for basketball realism, and that's the only reason why I had that is okay. I'll give you the token. It was it was pretty entertaining for ninety seconds watching Westhead in front of the team for the first time before they went out and played Denver, uh, but that I that, that that's. That's pretty disappointing when you're talking about the the Showtime Lakers, and for 60 minutes you literally show one basket. There was one dunk by Kareem, and that was it. And a layup line, and a pregame layup line, a little yep. bit. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do we know how many episodes of this there's going to be? Ten. There is ten, and this was six. This was six. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I don't know. You know what? the uh, what the intent of this was was all you know meant to meant to be from the beginning or or whatever but um but yeah i mean yeah we watch for the basketball um the basketball stuff and and you realize there's going to be some soap opera involved in it a little bit but yeah this one was kind of all soap opera yes yes um so big big fat d minus uh for that for me um coach kruger who made the most out of the 1980s and survived this week? Oh, I thought this was, and I again, I don't know if we have the same person, but for me, this one was a slam dunk. It's Phil Knight. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I did not have Phil Knight. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, so, it was, so, 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 gi- so, give me your argument for Phil Knight here. I'm interested. Well, just like we said, that he turned uh, um, from, you know. A guy kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, hustling all by himself, and mm-hmm. everybody thought he's not going to make it through the through the quarter, and you know, and look what look what happened. Yeah. Um, so he didn't he didn't sign he didn't sign magic, but uh, he ended up doing okay for himself. Did all right for himself. All right. Um, I had two people um, that uh, for this week. Um, 
as he was, as it said at the end of the episode, uh, Mister Positive Influence, uh, Richard Pryor, yep, and 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 Doctor Mike, uh, whoever Doctor Mike ends up being here, we got a little taste of Doctor Mike here, uh, but uh, you know, if if you're if you're the guy, if you're the first guy to bring out the crack cocaine at the party. Um, <laughs> I think you've probably got some issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, he knows that Spencer Haywood is uh, uh, trying to get off, uh, you know, substances. And they're walking out, hey, come up to my place. We've got cocaine. Uh, <coughs> yeah. You know, and now I, I, I uh, you know, Richard Pryor obviously had his, uh, had his uh, demons that he was fighting as well. Um but uh, you know, I th- th- those were my two guys that that I, I'll have them split the award this week. But I like your Phil Knight angle. I like your yeah, Phil Knight there's, angle. There was also the real quick little cameo of Jack Nicholson. Yes, yes. Uh, that was that was on my list for this category. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, good good historical note there. Got comp to season tickets for his first year, uh, just to try to bring people to the forum. So. Um, yeah, I like that too. All right. Um, coaching concepts that you would steal from this episode. We, uh, for me, I had three of them. Already kind of talked about one. Uh, you brought up the, uh, you know, tis better to be a noble prince than a hapless king. Uh, yep. And kind of know what you're good at, what your role is. Uh, I'm going to go uh, one of my other two uh, is uh, going back to one of your favorite scenes which was the Westhead uh, press conference. And he, uh, you know, as a, as a head coach, especially in today's world, you know, you have, especially like at a school your size, I'm guessing you have student involvement with, with hype videos and, and they want to talk to you and, and do some stuff for uh, the school and yada, 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 and you're talking to the papers. Uh, you know, you have to know how to handle the media a little bit. Now, again, you and I are not in front of two dozen television cameras getting quiz like he was, uh, but but you have to know how to handle yourself with your media. You don't have you have to know how to handle yourself with the social media and what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and how you communicate with people. And I think uh, that's one of the uh, that's one of the little things that. You you don't think about when you're when you're going to be a head coach or when you get into coaching, uh, because you because you're you know you're worried about you know installing an offense or a defense, but it's 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 an important part of your job, and uh, you know Westhead said something like, okay, I do all the scouting, uh, we ran through all the prep, I can coach this one game. So he was like, okay, I the basketball side of it I'm fine with, but then he goes up into the press conference and that was like you know, throwing the Christians to the lions in the Roman Coliseum there in, in that right. setting. So um, that was one of my coaching concepts that, that I kind of stole here a little bit. Yeah, that's a, it is an important one. And, and uh, especially, you know, and just like obviously me and you on the high school level, but if we take it bigger, you know, now there's, you know, so many, you know, social media. And I, as you as you were talking there, I was just thinking about, was it uh a few years ago was it the New York Jets hired the the Gase and he had the huge eyeballs 
mm-hmm. um, when he was when he was in the press conference, and you just look at you know it, he just lost credibility, like right right there. Yeah, especially um, in the New York. It was media. just kind of yeah. some nervous tick of his or something or what I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean you do have to you know kind of you know put out an uh, an image of of confidence and an image of of those things to uh, when you represent your your program these days it's a it's a big deal mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely uh anything that you had on that i've got one more but i wanted to see what you had on this one um the only thing again there wasn't as we've talked about there wasn't a lot of real basketball stuff but um, you know, when, when Westhead does have to coach that game, he, he kind of goes, you know, for as nervous as he was, he kind of goes rogue a little bit and, and benches, uh, benches Spencer Haywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then having to, to kind of drop that in the locker room, um, in front of the guys before the game. And, um, so to kind of have the, have the stones yeah. to do that, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, because he thought that was the best thing they they needed that that day, um, I thought that's an interesting thing. Like you know, at again at, at the high school level, um, you know, I I don't I, I always tell the kids you know that we start the game start the first game of the year and it, the, there's a starting five, but that doesn't you know mean it's the starting five and. Do you do you change because of matchups, or do you just roll out your best five no matter what? You know that's always mm-hmm. kind of an interesting interesting conversation. Yeah. So that I kind of you know that that kind of struck a chord a little bit. Yeah, I I kind of had the same thing uh, right before that. I don't know if you remember the scene, Kruger, where uh, he was in the office with Pat Riley, and and Riley just basically challenges, "Hey, what would you do?" What would you, you're you're not McKinney? What would yeah. you do? And and you have to know you have to be you. You know you have to be you as a coach. You can't be anybody else. You know I can't be Mark Kruger. You can't be Marty Plum. You know we got to be ourselves. And you and you got to believe in what you're doing. And and yeah. He, and didn't he, didn't he have some book? He was looking through of Jacks and, yep. and Pat Riley closed it. He said that's Jack stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, you have to be you. Yeah, yeah, and and so uh, that that's something that just you know, I I took and just re uh, reminded. I, it just reminded me that hey, this is this is me. I'm Marty Plum. I've got to do what's best for in my situation for Calhoun girls basketball, and we're gonna go with it, and we're gonna believe with what we do. And and this is how we're going to be, and this is how it's going to move forward, and so uh, I, I think that that was another another good one there as well. So we're, we were kind of on yep. the same point with that one as well. So, yeah, uh, and to kind of to kind of tie that back to the very beginning, you know, back to your your coaching clinic that you had yesterday, um, you go and you listen to all this great stuff um, from really successful successful people, and sometimes you just have to be like. Well, that works for them, yep. but I like this better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, because again, if you if you listen to you know you listen to everybody, you can't you can't do everything. And there's lots of different ways to to skin a cat. And that's what again I think we're getting at is you got to be you got to be you. Yep. Um, just because something is really really successful for for somebody 
across the table from me doesn't mean it's right for me. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And what what Don Meyer used to say, if you're going to put something new in, you got to take something old out because there's yep. only so much that you can do. And And you and I have done this long enough now that, you know, we when when we're at like yesterday, uh, we sat through you know we had six hours worth of official clinic stuff and then another three and a half hours of stuff afterwards. Um, but you know you listen, you listen. Um, but I know what I'm looking for at this point after twenty six, twenty seven years. I know what I want to do and 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 I've got a pretty good idea of what I want it to look like. Uh, based on a my personal philosophy and b the personnel that we have over the next year or two, and I, you take those two things and you meld them into one, and then you try to put the best thing together that you can. And right. uh, you know when you're when you're talking about that, like when you're a younger coach, well, it's it's good to hear a whole bunch of things because you're still trying to figure out what you're going to do and what really fits you. And, uh, but you still have to be you, you still have to figure out what's going to be you and how you're going to do things. And, and, you know, Westhead is, as, as we will see, uh, he figures it out to a degree and then he, you know, he takes showtime to a, another level, only it's down the road at Loyola Marymount a few years later. So, uh, yep. really, really good stuff. So overall grade for this episode Mr. Mark Kruger, um, I'll, I'm going to lead. I, like I said, this was my least favorite of all six. Um, I, I just, you know, there, there, to me, there was about 15 to 20 minutes of just wasted time with, with Magic and Cindy and with Dr. Buss's mom. Uh, you know, so forth and so on. That was stuff that could have been spent on the team and and the team and the development of the team, Westhead's transition, uh, so forth and so on. I understand, for example, uh, you have to have the hospital scenes in there with, with McKinney uh, because it was literally life and death for him for a short amount of time and, uh, you know, so forth and so on. But uh, no basketball, too much personal stuff, uh, Magic's handling of fame was interesting to a point, but you know, again, it, this needs to be about the Lakers, and and so I gave I gave this one. This was harsh. Great, I gave it a D minus this week. I I just I just really did not enjoy this particular episode. Yeah, I I agree with you. It wasn't my favorite. I wasn't quite that harsh with it. Um, I gave it a straight C. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. I said it wasn't it wasn't my favorite either. I didn't I didn't hate it. Um, it again, it, it was it was just a lot of heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I kind of asked earlier. You know, how many episodes are there? Um, and yeah, there's, if there's only ten, kind of stinks to maybe waste a whole episode, so to speak, on on that heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, they thought it was, you know, obviously necessary and, and things. But I gave it a I gave it a C. Um, mm-hmm. And then speaking of that, at the end, at the very end, it get a little weird there. Like with Westhead, I'm uh, not sorry, not Westhead, McKinney die. And then he came back and then he was given some last like words of go big. And then it was two weeks later. I, that, that lost me a little bit right at the end. Yeah, that was, that was weird. Cause like he, he, he stops breathing. His wife, 
rightfully so, uh, calls for the nurse. She's she's freaking out and so forth and so on. And and then all of a sudden we got Westhead coming in and and I believe that part of it. And again, I could be wrong, but I, I believe that part of it was accurate. I think he was in like a medically induced coma for about two weeks because of the the uh, the damage to his to his skull and to his brain. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of had he had a funny line coming out yes. of that uh, that if, you know because this is a PG thirteen program we can't share that line. Uh, but uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, but I, I think that was pretty accurate. Where he was he was in a coma for like two weeks. He was unconscious for like two weeks to bring down the swelling on the brain uh, to to help him recover. I think is what happened there. So yeah, that was just kind of a weird thing right at the very end. I was like, oh wait a minute, he's okay. He, okay, I'm like, okay, he's he's this is where he dies, and then okay, well he's back. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all right, well, episode six uh, of Winning Time, Memento more more moment. I can't even say that again. We we've talked for forty five minutes, Kruger. I still haven't figured out how to say that word. Yeah. M O I R. Um, so, uh, Kruger, how was tonight? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, this is good stuff, man. I'm talking ball, talking, talking Lakers. It's always, I'm always, I'm always in for that. Well, I appreciate you, uh, pinch hitting. I appreciate you helping out yesterday. Uh, I'll have to take care of you over at Crable's place at some point here and, and, uh, just, just appreciate you coming out and, and while Casey is traveling the world and apparently, like I said, he'd rather spend time with his wife than, than, than me, but all right, Ashley, you get him for a weekend, but then I get him back for next weekend. But uh, no, I appreciate you coming in and pinch hitting here. Uh, Kruger. Absolutely. A lot of, always, lot of fun. Uh, always, uh, always there, ready, ready to go. All right. Awesome, man. So. Well, here, uh, episode six of Winning Time. I uh, hope you hope folks enjoyed this uh, this review. Uh, check out the other things that a pen and a napkin has uh, for you. Uh, a pen and a napkin dot com, uh, amongst a bunch of different resources that we have, including other uh, other uh, podcasts. Got a great podcast dropping. Tuesday morning, and it's uh, coming from a guest that uh, I've never had a guest like this before. I'm going to throw that little nugget out there uh, that uh, it's it's going to be a unique one. Uh, it, it was uh, already recorded it and just had a great time doing that that particular episode. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to own our craft one day at a time. <laughs>